0: I am generously titling this section, A New Era. Look at all these poetic titles, right? The Golden Age, A New Era. It's a title with a positive connotation and I can do what I want, it's fun, okay? So this is where things start to feel familiar still, but the cauldron is bubbling with some new ideas. Something has been shaken. And that's the impression these generations give, uh, give us. Um, the execution of how these new ideas come about Um, is maybe up for debate. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying that we get some really interesting stuff, especially with the first two generations that I'm going to talk about. Unlike generations one and two, there won't be like a conjoined discussion on them. I'll be able to just individually talk about each of the generations. So, beginning this list is Generation Four, which houses my favorite region, the Sinnoh region. This is a lore packed region emphasizing Pokemon mythology in a way the previous games were still finding their footing in. So, this felt like the first time we were getting some like true intense Pokemon lore, and it was so cool. Oh, I cannot. I actually you know, you know what? It's, I've done it enough. There's other episodes you can listen to that go on about lore rambles, especially my Pokemon Legends Arceus episode. It's called the Egg of Chaos or something like that. You can check that out for more lore ramblings on Sinnoh, kind of, sort of, and more. Anyways, here um, with with, um, Sinnoh and with its Generation 4 games, uh, you can tell that the little details matter, even if the execution is a little scrambled. And by that, I mean its pacing. It's very slow pacing um, and it takes a lot of time in, in you know, for, for the player to go from point A to point B, like the time in between you facing the first gym and facing the second gym say long enough time. <laughs> so it gets longer in other games, to be fair. But um, yeah, this was like the first game where it definitely feels slowed down. But I don't mind that because then you take your time enjoying the journey that you embark on and really get to, I don't know, just experience Sinnoh. And I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna shoot down that idea, you know. Um, so uh, the games that belong to this generation, as we know, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are Generation Four remakes of Generation Two games. But the main games that appear in this generation, the ones to kick it off, were Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. Platinum serving the same role as a game like Emerald, where it does some like slight changes kind of thing. So, um, for the sake of simplicity, I'll describe the gym leaders in the order they appear in in Diamond and Pearl, but not in Platinum, because Platinum only slightly shifts that order, and the Elite Four and Champion remain the same between both games. Uh, or sorry, all three games, Diamond, Pearl, and then Platinum. So, uh, let's- let's get into it. Who, who- are the trainers that constitute this region's Pokemon League? We got- we got- we got Rourke. <laughs> um, so Rourke specializes in Rock-type- Rock-type Pokemon, and he gives you the cold badge when you beat him. I don't dislike Ro- uh, Rourke, though. He's- he's alright. Like, he's- he, he's fine. And he's got the whole like minor outfit thing. You meet him in a, like a coal mine type of thing. And then he's like, all right, I look forward to battling you. And then you battle him in his gym. And I'm like, works all right. He's all right. Um, and then following him is Gardenia, who specializes in grass type Pokemon. And she'll give you the forest badge when you beat her. So I prefer Platinum's puzzle in her gym over Diamond Pearl, Pearl. Uh, Diamond and Pearl. As well as a Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl the recent remakes of these games right i just prefer the platinum puzzles way more the platinum puzzles are more fun i'll say that about the gyms but gardenia she's like she's not quite the same as erica because erica's more like serene and calm gardenia's like happy she's just like peppy um she's got some energy um but not straying too far from the positive or whatever like that kind of aura for grass type gym leaders. So Gardenia is cool. Then following Gardenia is Maylene, who specializes in fighting type, uh, uh, Pokemon and gives you the Cobble Badge when you beat her. So Maylene is cool. I, I, she's not that memorable to be fair. I just like that her gym is like a gym, similar to Brawly, Um, but also that for a fighting type gym leader, I mean, so far, especially even like trainers you face just, out in the region not even just for gym leaders but bruno crash awake um brawley like they all fit a certain image of like a male fighter right so maylene's i think the first like prominent major trainer you face that's not it like she's the opposite of that of that kind of image if you will so i appreciate that um about Lee as well then following her is crasher wake he specializes in water types and gives you the Fend badge when you beat him his gym pills actually kind of fun i don't mind it i've i used to hate it when i was younger but it's grown on me over the years um and crasher wake he's he's just fun um yeah he's just he's he's having a good time and he likes what he does and i respect that then next up is fantina Um, who specializes in ghost Pokemon and gives you the Relic Badge when you beat her. I will say, much like Generation 3 and Generation 1, I suppose, is that uh, the gym badges design, like the gym badge that you receive, the designs for them in Generation 4 are really nice. I really like them. Um, Fantina speaks in broken French, but depending on the, like, language you are playing the game in, it'll be a different language that she speaks a broken language of. And I thought that's a really cool touch, a really cool translation feature. Um, Fantina is great, though. I love her design. Um, and I haven't said much about, it, like, their Pokemon and battling them. I wouldn't say they're a walk in the park. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl make their battles harder, for sure. Um, but overall, it's like, it's a decent challenge. I wouldn't say it's easy, nor is it ridiculously hard. So it's doable, but not so doable that he will find it easy. The next up is Byron, who specializes in Steel-type Pokémon and gives you the Mind Badge when you beat him. Byron is Rourke's dad, so I'm like, you know, that's family connections, I'm like, it's kinda cute, I don't mind it, it's it's alright, I'm down for it. Um, Byron is definitely harder of uh, an opponent compared to Rourke, which makes sense considering you face them at different stages in the game, but also, like, yeah, Byron's just guy. By, by I guess Byron's the dad, whatever. He's he's just got it together. But hey, you know, in in, in Hoenn, you face your, your own dad and you beat him, so you know. Anyways, moving on. Um, so next up is Candace. So I know that she's not I, I think she's subverting expectations a little bit, but Candace specializes in ice type. Uh, Pokemon. And um, she gives you the Ice Icicle badge when you beat her. Her gym puzzle is annoying. I'm pretty sure you can get softlocked in it if you don't do it right. I don't remember if that's the case for the original games. I'm pretty sure it's the case for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl because of an autosave feature. So just don't softlock yourself into Candace's gym because her puzzle is it's not the most fun i've had i if you listen to my pokemon platinum nuzlocke you will know that this gym was very scary for me um just because of a trainer not because of her ironically enough but whatever the case candace is chilling in the snowiest city in the region and she's there and she's vibing and to conclude the gym leaders of Sinnoh is Volkner who specializes in type pokemon and gives you the beacon badge when you beat him Um, really cool kind of cameo is that Jasmine's actually chilling in this city known as, uh, Sunny Shore City. So Jasmine's just chilling there, and it's another city with a lighthouse, so she's got a thing for lighthouses. You know, she's from Olivine City, um, where an electric-type Pokemon powers up the lighthouse, and then there's an electric-type gym leader in Sunny Shore City in Sinnoh, and I'm like, Alright, go Jasmine, live your best life. But Volkner, Volkner's interesting, so he... he's not doing so great. So his friend asks you to cheer him up. You talk to his friend first, and then Volkner's just kind of very sadly sitting in his gym. The puzzle's actually not bad. I don't mind it. But then you get to him, you beat him, and then he's like, wow, I have the energy to do stuff again. Thanks for a great battle. So you just need to, like, give him a pep talk, basically. Um, So that way he'll feel like, Battling. I actually forget. Like, do you need to talk to him first and then he goes into the gym? Or like is this a Morty situation? I completely forget to be uh to be honest. Or if he's just chilling in the gym and you just needed to talk to his friend first. I forget. And the way that Platinum executes that is slightly different, I think, than Diamond and Pearl. But the Elite Four and Champion. Let's get to that now. So there's no like designated area, no Evergrande City or Indigo Plateau in Sinnoh. It's just this unnamed island that you have to go to. Um, so the uh, we got Aaron, who specializes in Bug-type Pokémon. He's generally pretty easy. He's the easiest out of the ones you have to face here. Then following him is Bertha, and Bertha for some reason reminds me of Agatha. Like, their design's a little bit similar, but that might just be me? And she specializes in ground type pokemon she's not as easy as aaron aaron's a little easier to to face then third is flint who specializes in fire type pokemon but flint is vulcanor's friend so when you get to sunny shore city flint's the one who's like hey my friend's feeling down he's a gym leader go cheer him up and then when you meet flint you're like oh it's flint and then flint's like hey remember 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 we met in sunny shore kind of thing and then he's like I'm all fired up. I'm gonna fight you now. And yeah, Flint's 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 cool. Um, not a walk in the park either in terms of battling him. Then Lucian um, reminds me of Will, so I can't say that Lucian's extremely memorable or particularly original because um, he specializes in psychic type Pokemon as well. They have cr- they have pretty similar designs. I think they both like. I think Lucian has sunglasses, but then like Will has like a mask but they both look kind of similar in their designs. Um, or like color palette, it might be the color palette. Maybe I'm confusing the color palette, but they also both use psychic types. So again, um, Lucien's Espeon is the only thing that really was a true problem for me, I think. Oh man, oh boy. But anyways, they're all pretty decent I would say overall, though, that for example, Johto's league, like their Elite Four, is more memorable than this Elite Four. I'd say Flint's the only one, like I keep track of the most, because because uh, you do see him more than once. You see him before you get to the Elite Four, um, so I'm like, that's cool. But you know what makes up for the potentially mediocre state that the Sinnoh Elite Four are in? You know what makes up for that? They have. I would go as far as arguing the strongest champion to ever be introduced in the franchise. This is excluding Red, who is an optional trainer to face. In this case, this champion is mandatory to face. They're a part of the story. You have to face them. It's the conclusion of the game. This champion, she is Cynthia, and she is powerful, and she uses a lot of different types of Pokémon, all of which are really strong. She uses my Lotus uses Rosary, she uses Spirit Tomb, and her Ace Garchomp, even to this day, with the Fairy typing being introduced, which is a check for dragons, because Fairy is immune to dragon types and it's super effective against it, so Fairy's really like the best matchup for a dragon type. Even with the introduction of that new type, her Garchomp a dragon ground Pokemon is still a force to be reckoned with. To this day, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl did not hold back, you know? So, um, Cynthia is really awesome. She makes, um, appearances in later games as well. Um, because they'll do this thing, like I said with Blue before, they do this thing where they, like, reintroduce, um, they reintroduce, like, gym leaders or, or whatever, champions of previous games, and you can battle them in some kind of format, for example in Black 2 and White 2, I'll talk about those games later, you see them there, you see a version of it in the Generation 7 games, Um, and, uh, things like that. So, Cynthia is just phenomenal. She is, and she's very much like Lance. She's, and Platinum too, in Platinum, she has a very emphasized role. She's there when you are gonna, like, confront the legendary Pokemon kind of thing, you know? Um, so, she's a very pronounced role. You even have to deliver something to her grandmother, like, darn. Like, that's, that's, you know, family connections. It's a thing. Um, so Cynthia is just extremely memorable and she has this presence, you know? I'd say Lance is like a pretty typical champion. He looks like one, he's cool, but Cynthia has like an aura to her. She, there's like a, there there's, there's a vibe to her that you can't, you don't really get from the other champions, you know? She can be smiling. Like Steven, Steven's also smiling in his character artwork. Cynthia can be smiling, but there's like an intensity to it. You know, she is scary, but she is also ridiculously cool. Insanely cool. It's actually kind of crazy. But, you know, anyways, Generation uh, Four is a ride and a half. Um, And even though Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl don't, you know, shift things around or change anything too drastically, I think it's still fine. I think most people consider Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl to be really underwhelming remakes. And, I mean, it's been, I think, close to a year since those games were released. And, I mean, I I can agree, they're pretty mid. I've seen, like, Heart, Gold and SoulSilver are fantastic remakes. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are phenomenal remakes. Um, I've, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl could have been so much more, but I don't dislike the games. I think, especially when it came to the battle stuff, The AI just seems way smarter and I'm like, you know, I don't mind this. This is fine. So I can appreciate that aspect of it because all these trainers that I mentioned all feel a little bit harder in some way in the remakes. And I'm like, that's fine, you know, um, uh, but I will mention that where people generally take issue with the role of gym leaders is their relative inactivity when calamity strikes the region. And instead of them stepping up, you, the ten-year-old protagonist, is responsible for saving the world. So I'm like in Platinum. I mean, Cynthia's at least there with you, and she's chilling. But um, this, and with some of the other like earlier Pokemon games, and even some, like succeeding Pokemon games, is that the gym leaders are just kind of like chilling while you know the world's about to end type of thing. Like you are dealing with very high stakes in a lot of these games, and it's just like, well, that's um. Uh, this, this this doesn't seem like the kind of task that should only be allocated to a ten-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the vibe I'm getting. But it's time to move on to the next generation, which returns to a familiar formula we've seen with these Golden Age games. But it, it does some things differently, which is also cool. And this is Generation 5. So I think for more reasons than one, Generation 5 is a little divisive as a core series Pokemon entry. Like, the games that constitute Generation 5. Are a little divisive. I feel like it was just rebranding Pokémon from the first generation, not really presenting originality in that capacity. What I mean is that the Pokémon that you can catch, um, the designs and the typings are not particularly unique. So for example, there's a bat-like Pokémon you get in the Generation 1 games, you get another bat-like Pokémon in the Generation 5 games. Or it'll be, like, if you know Geodude, well, they have Rock and roller which is another, like, rock Pokemon, you know? Um, so there's some Pokemon that are a bit too, like, similar to some, like, to previously introduced Pokemon. So I think, um, I think, I mean, I, I sort of do feel this way, where it feels like if the Pokemon just had some, like, slightly more interesting typings and designs, and, like, they kind of took advantage of that because generation 4 added a lot of really cool designs cool type pairings to its roster and it really expanded the pokemon like the pokedex so the number of pokemon that are in existence um generation 5 i think could have done a little bit more in that regard but it makes up for whatever this shortcoming is with its characters and story so the gym leaders in this game are quite active in their respective contexts they're not just sitting around twiddling their thumbs so you don't, and even the champion in Black and White, he's not just sitting around, he's doing stuff. Um, additionally, this Generation, which is set in the Unova region, um, features, like I said, Black and White, and then their direct sequels, Black 2 and White 2. So unlike unlike Gold, Silver, and Crystal, these games take place in the same region, so there's no region hopping. It's not like, oh, you did the Generation 1 games in Kanto, you do the Generation 2 games in Johto, but then you can also go back to Kanto. No, this is just in Unova. Um, but it, uh, also does, like, change up its roster, like, its Pokemon League roster between the different titles. So between Black and White and then Black 2 and White 2. So let's get into that. So in Black and White, these are the following gym leaders. We have Silen, Chili, and Cress, who respectively specialize in grass, fire, and water. And beating them will result in you getting the trio badge. Now here's the thing, is that Sorry about that, folks. So basically, the thing with these three gym leaders is they they introduce triple battles and rotation battles. I believe in this generation, but you don't face these three trainers in a triple battle. You face them depending on which starter Pokemon you fit. Yeah, uh, you chose. Um, So if you chose the grass type starter, then you will face Cress, who specializes in using water. They will you they will specialize in the type that's super effective against your starter. So. Uh, like I said, you're only going to face one of them. But what this game also does is there's these three elemental monkeys that you can acquire early in the game and before this first gym, um, known as Panpour, Panseer, and Pan Sage. So Panpour is the um, water one, Panseer is the fire one, and Pan Sage is the grass one. So if you acquire like this one. And it will give you the one that's, I believe, super effective against the gym leader that you're going to face. Because it's dependent on which starter you chose, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So if you you get your own monkey type of thing, you can deal with the gym just fine. But I forget. Anyways, let's move. I don't, I mean, I think Silent because he appears in the anime, it's like, okay, I guess he's sort of memorable, but overall i'd say these guys are a bit of a write-off because they're just trying to they're it's that tutorial phase of the game it's just the beginning where the game's still teaching you to do stuff but anyways i find the second gym leader much more interesting her name is lenora lenora's super cool she also has like a there's like a museum i think in her city where she where her gym is she specializes in normal type pokemon and gives you the basic badge when you beat her Um, well, the trio badge? Yeah, that was the first gym leader, but basic badge. I'm like, that could have been a slightly more inspiring name. Maybe that's just me. But Lenora has a really, like, kind of fun segment in the game. You do have some shenanigans that ensue. Um, because I think the villainous team, Team Plasma, is trying to steal something from her museum. I forget exactly how it plays out. Um, but you actually, like, have to solve a puzzle where you're in this library and you have to read these books in a particular order and then doing that will open up a secret entrance that leads to this underground, like, library as well. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. It's cool. Interesting puzzle design. So Lenora's really cool. Then next up is Berg, who specializes in bug type Pokemon, and uh, he gives you the insect badge when you beat him. His gym has, like, honey and stuff in it. It's kind of funny because it's, like, bouncing off of a trampoline like you're like running through like honey walls it's kind of funny uh, berg's cool um then elisa elisa's really memorable um she is an electro type gym leader and she gives you the bolt badge when you beat her and yeah she's just got a really cool design i think hers is like it's like these you get into like these like floating hovercraft type of things and you go from, like, location to location and then you eventually you get to her. I don't know, it's kind of cool. Um, then next up is Clay, who specializes in uh, ground-type Pokémon, and he gives you the Quake Badge. His is, like, it goes really ham on the whole, like, mining motif. So, like, if Byron and Rourke are miners, well, they need to talk to Clay, who's really gone ham on that whole kind of, like, mining construction motif. So I'm like, that's really cool. That makes his gym really, uh, interesting. Then next up is Skyla, who's a flying-type gym leader, and she gives you the Jet Badge when you beat her. So, admittedly, I'd say the flying-type gym leaders that appear across all these games, they're just not the most memorable. Not in, like, a bad way, it's just that... I guess flying, it's hard to be, like, super memorable, I suppose? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But maybe that's also just me. But Skyla's gym is, like, at an airport. Or, like... Like, it's like a, like a, like a, there's a name for it. Like a base. And there's like plane, there's like a plane there. And I'm like, and there's all these like jet streams and stuff. All this kind of machinery you'd seen, you, you'd you see like with airplanes and you'd associate with that kind of stuff. I'm like, so that makes her gym kind of cool. Um, I found it confusing, to be fair, the puzzle, but it's okay. Um, then next up is Bryson, who, so like, you know, like Price and Candice, and um, Glacia—like these are all like trainers slash Glacia, who's an Elite farm member. These are all like trainers who like specialize in like ice type. And obviously, it's super surprising that they do, right? So I think Bryson's also pretty surprising that he specializes in um, ice type Pokemon, and he gives you the Freeze Badge when you uh, beat him. Um, Bryson's alright, I guess. I don't know. I think maybe this is also just me. I find flying and ice just kind of go over my head a little bit. <laughs> Get it? Because flying flew over my head, like I don't process it. Anyways, um, yeah, it's, maybe that's just me. He's okay though, I guess. Decent design. Inter- interesting design, I guess. It's a samurai-esque, I don't, I don't know. But then concluding the gym leaders of black and white is Iris. Iris specializes in dragon type Pokemon, and she gives you the legend badge when you beat her. I have some thoughts about Iris. I'll talk about her later. So moving on to the gym leaders of black two and white two, because the elite four and champion, well, we'll talk about the champion in a bit. Um, The elite four remains the same between both, like all the generation five games. So because of that, I'm just gonna go into the black two and white two gym leaders now. So um, Sharon, Sharon. Charon is um, the first gym leader you face. He specializes in normal type Pokemon, gives you the basic badge. So he's taken over Lenora's position. But Charon is really cool because he is actually one of your rivals in black and white. So, you know, he went from being who he was in that game and comes out the other end a gym leader. And I'm like, that's really cool character progression. Um, then next up is Roxy, who specializes in poison types. She gives you the toxic badge. She's got like a really funky uh, design. I like her. Um, it's, I, I, I think it's memorable, um, but I'll say that my experience with Black 2 and White 2 is actually quite limited, so I can't say much for these, um, for the new gym leaders, if you will. Um, so Berg's back, so Berg's all the same. Elisa's back, she just has a different character design. I prefer this character design to her one, to the one in Black and White. Her Black 2, White 2 outfit is way more memorable. Um, she just stands out more, I think. Um, then Clay's back, Skyla's back, and then we have some two new additions. We have Drayden, who specializes in Dragon-type Pokemon, and he gives you the Legend Badge, and then Marlin, who specializes in Water-type Pokemon, and gives you the Wave Badge. So where did Iris go? We'll we'll find out, right? So with the Elite Four, um, this is, uh, I might be wrong. No, I'm pretty sure I'm right. You can face the Elite Four in the Generation 5 games in any order. And that's, I think, the first- yeah, like I said, I think this is the first time they made that possible. So all their Pokémon are the exact same level, and then it's like the champion who's like... ...more difficult, I suppose. Um, but I think Black and White does something a little bit different, where the true conclusion of the game is when you catch the legendary Pokémon and then face the villain once and for all, and that's where the game concludes. Well, actually, you have like two major battles, so I don't remember when the champion comes into play, and I also forget how that plays out in Black 2 and White 2, but regardless, there are champions. So, um, wow, that's really funny. I wrote the psychic, the the psychic type, um, uh, Elite Four member as Psychic. I didn't put down her name. That's so funny. Okay, anyways, starting off the list is Chantel, who is, uh, specializes in ghost-type Pokemon. I think her design's really cool. I also, I feel like I might just talk about this towards the end, the music for all these, um, gym leaders and Elite Four members and champions and stuff. So I'll just get into that at the end, because... I find uh, generation five actually has like really, really cool music. It's interpretation of its themes are really cool. Um, Then next up is Marshall, who's a fighting type gym leader. I just prefer Bruno and other fighting type trainers I've seen before. Like, I find them a bit more memorable. Marshall's really cool, though. The next up is Grimsley, 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 Grimsley's cool. He specializes in dark type Pokemon and he looks a bit like a bat. So I'm like, it checks out. Then the psychic type Elite Four member is Caitlyn. Funny story about Caitlyn is that she's actually like a character you can meet in Generation Four. So more connections. Her hair is like she's she's a lot of hair. It's humongous. Um, so yeah, there's that. So yeah, basically uh, Caitlyn, the psychic Uh, Elite Four member is not named psychic. Her name's Caitlyn. Caitlin's cool. Let's get into the champions now. So the first one is Alder. He uses, I believe, various Pokemon. His ace is like a, is a Volcarona, which is a bug fire Pokemon. It's a scary looking thing. I think it's like based off of a moth. I'm like, if this thing was real, I'd be very scared. I'd be terrified for my life. Um, But Alder has like also like a lot of moments in the story, like in the, in black and white where he's offering some kind of philosophical talk to whoever else is talking to you. Um, And I think there's also a storyline about one of his Pokemon dying and something like that. Like, it's really tragic. So Alder's not a bad character, but he does not give off the energy of champion. Like, I'm not saying all champions need to have a certain aura to them. But it is also true that, like, Blue, Lance, Steven, and Cynthia all share a key trait in common, which is that they, like... Even though Alder appears quite a bit in the story of Black and White, I just- he doesn't stick in my brain. Um, Which is kind of sad, because again, he's not a bad character, but I just find something about the previous four champions before to be way more interesting. Like, even if like because uh, blue appears so much because he's your rival in the generation one games then Lance appears often enough because uh, because of like the story and stuff and he wants to also take down Team rocket like that kind of thing then Steven, very similarly appears. Cynthia has a similar rhythm in, in her appearances. So like they appear at like key points or something or you talk to them enough that makes them memorable. Whereas Alder, like he talks a lot, but I don't, I just don't feel like as a character he, like I can only tell you that he is a Volcarona. I don't remember other members of his team. Whereas someone like Cynthia or Steven or Lance even, I can tell you more members of their team. Like I can tell you that Lance has a Gyarados on his team. I can tell you that Lance has Dragonites that shouldn't be Dragonites yet, but still are. Um, I can tell you that other than um having a Metagross, Steven Stone uh has like a Cradley and Ormulda, which are the fossil Pokemon that belong to the Hoenn region. So it's like I feel like I can say other things about the previous champions, but not so much with Alder. But that's for black and white, right? In Black 2 and White 2, it's a different champion, and that champion is Iris. Surprise, surprise, confetti or something effect type of thing. Iris is Black 2 and White 2's champion. Her design, it it's like majorly upgraded. She has a very simple kind of um, skirt, pant, shirt design. She has like a full-fledged princess-like dress um, in- in Black 2 and White 2 as a champion. for hair, there's so much hair. But she's cool. You know, she's a very small figure, but they make her look like she has a presence now. Her music's also a lot of fun. It's not quite intense in the way that Cynthia's is, and it's not just kind of standard, like, maybe Steven's or Lance's, which are pretty run-of-the-mill. Um, but Iris has one that's got a lot of personality. Um, it, it it suits her, it fits her so well, because while she's a dragon type gym leader, and the anime also helped to enhance this because she appears in the anime, um, is that it, it just gives this kind of flavor to the music that you wouldn't really find with those previous other champions. You can tell that those previous champions were meant to serve a particular role, and they have these like mentor-like, uh, mentor-like dialogue, and they're superior and things like that. Iris feels a bit more, like, close to home, a bit more familiar because she is younger, and for the way she expresses being a pro as a trainer, is just different. So I appreciate that her music, like, her theme music is just fun in its own way, um, that kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, um, like I said, I I know I actually said quite a bit, I suppose, about this generation, but technically, these are the games I know the least. Um, I haven't played them quite to the degree that I've played the other games. Generation 1's in the same camp as Generation 5 for me as well. Um, But like I said, Iris is great. Um, I prefer the gym leaders, I suppose, of black and white but I like Iris better as a champion, for example. She's just supremely more memorable. That's just me. In any case, we will be short and sweet with the final generation to conclude this section, the first generation that introduced 3D modeling into the core series games. This was a big deal, folks. And this is generation six. This would have been the year of 2013. I'm pretty sure. Or 2012, 2013, around that time, you get the point. So while I... I can say that I don't have much to add in particular for Unova's League. They are easily better characters than the gym leaders we get in the Kalos region, the region that we see in the Generation 6 games, Pokemon X and Y. As we know, uh, Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire, the remakes for Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, appear in this generation, but I am not talking about them here. Um, I'd say it's a real shame. Um, Why the characters are underwhelming? in Kalos? But we'll we'll get into that in a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I won't bring up Oras unless it's completely necessary, because it does belong to this generation, but I don't feel I need to go into that level of detail. I talked about it quite a bit, actually, in generation three. Um, so, um, anyways, X and Y's pacing is also kind of whack. Uh, And even, I'd still prefer the slow pacing of the Generation 4 games to... Actually, they both begin very similarly, where you get to the first gym, relatively quick, but then all of a sudden there's like at least an hour of gameplay, or like 40 minutes to an hour of gameplay in between the first gym and the second gym. But I find that X&Y meanders a lot more, so it feels even slower than Generation 4 in my opinion. Generation 4 at least feels interesting. But there's something about the way that this game is structured, especially in those early segments where it just kind of like drags. And you're like, okay, when are we gonna get to like the fun stuff kind of feeling? It's not atrocious though. I'm not I'm not here to say that X and Y is a bad game. I'm here to talk about its Pokemon League. So let's get into Kalos' Pokemon League. Uh so the gym leaders, um, we've got Viola, who specializes in a bug uh bug type pokemon and she gives you the bug badge when you beat her original naming i'll tell you that um she she, she's okay i mean if you pick a the grass type starter then okay maybe you're in a little bit of trouble but there's enough pokemon that you can find to easily compensate for that weakness so viola is pretty easy to get through then it's quite a while before you eventually get to grant who specializes in rock type uh pokemon and he gives you the cliff badge when you beat him his gym's kind of interesting because it's like a literal rock climbing thing you have to get through it, and it's it's not bad, it's not bad. It just takes forever to go from Viola to Grant. And then next up is Corina, who specializes in fighting-type Pokemon and gives you the Rumble badge when you beat her. Corina is cool because Corina is very similar to Maylene. Um, between the two, Corina has a more interesting design, her gym is also centered around like Roller skating and I'm like that's actually like that's kind of cool because basically they decided to introduce roller skates as a way to like Make the character run faster. So instead of like running shoes you actually just roller skate everywhere. Um, and uh, Karina's like whatever I guess the Biggest advertiser for that. I don't know, but she's cool. She um You meet her before you face her in the gym as well. I feel like that helps Viola has a sister I don't remember that sister's name. And you don't really see Viola except for one other context. Basically, there's this battle chateau where you can face trainers and it's a way to get money. And the more trainers you face, your rank will go up. So then the the, the trainers that come in will get stronger as your ranks go up. So it's a, a very nice way to train up your Pokemon, especially when it gets harder to train up later in the game. I know this because I've been doing it recently. So, uh... This is a true fact type of thing. But all the gym leaders in Kalos will reappear at one point or another in the Battle Chateau, so you can rematch them. I'm pretty sure other than that, Viola does not appear elsewhere. Um, and I don't remember exactly how the post-game plays out, but I don't think any of the gym leaders are involved in the post-game. Moving on, uh oh wait, I can't-oh, that's a pretty major thing to mention. Okay, so Karina not only is she promoting uh roller skating um she is the one who teaches the player about mega evolution so you actually meet her like grandfather beforehand um and he's the one who kind of breaks down the role of mega evolution this is a new battle mechanic they introduced where only certain pokemon have the ability to do so you give them a stone and then they will mega evolve only in battle so not outside of battle only in battle they'll evolve like again um and basically their types will change their abilities will change their designs will change um it's super cool and it definitely added something new to the battling meta of pokemon as a whole it made it super interesting because megas really change uh the kind of game you're playing and i really love that i do miss mega evolution i wish they bring it back so karina she shows you that lucario is a pokemon that can mega evolve and um you are given a mega-evolving Lucario of your own when you beat her. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, even her, she even has her own unique battle theme. Uh, it's only a slight variation on the gym leader battle theme, but I, it is what it is. So that's that's what I got to say about Karina. And moving on is Ramos, who's a grass-type gym leader, gives you the plant badge when you beat him, and he's he has, like, giant scissors as a cane. It's kind of, you know, short... He's very pleasant, but not very memorable. The next up is Clement, uh, who specializes in Electro-type Pokemon, gives you the Voltage badge when you beat him. Um, The badge designs of this game are actually kind of interesting. They're not completely boring, even if the names are boring. (laughs) Um, But anyways, that's more of a side note. Clement appears in the anime, so I guess there's that. But I don't find him as memorable as someone like misty or brock or i don't know he's kind of on the same level as silent where i'm like they're kind of interchangeable i i don't it's not that i dislike them but it's like they just don't feel very memorable to me clement's okay he's a whole like quiz thing as part of his um kind of gimmick for his gym puzzle um but he's all right he's cool then next up is valerie who specializes in fairy type pokemon and gives you the fairy badge when you beat her And she's very majestic, very fairy-like. She has, like, in her kimono, like, she has, like, wings as well. Like, the sleeves mimic wings. So she's very, very, very majestic. Um, This is the first time that they'd introduce a new type in a while in the franchise. Because, for example, Dark Type, forget, I don't, uh, Dark Type was not, like, introduced right off the bat, for example. There are some types that came, like, along the way type of thing. Fairy was the first in a long time, though, where it was like a completely new typing and really changed things up. So Valerie's like the poster child for that, because it's like in the very first games that introduced this new typing, she is a gym leader for that type. So it checks out. Then next up is Olympia, who specializes in psychic type Pokemon, gives you the psychic badge. She's got a cool design. Her gym has a really interesting motif as well type of thing but she is severely under, I don't know if underutilized is the right word. It's like, I don't, I don't maybe I'll just get into that in a bit. And then concluding uh, this list is Wolfric, who specializes in Ice Tape Pokemon and uh, gives you the Iceberg badge when you beat him. And he feels like a combination of someone like Watson and maybe like Drayden, where they're kind of like, you know, he's jolly, but he's also got like you know he stands by his ideals and stuff and he knows he knows what he's like like one of his texts like like one of the things he says to you before he initiates battle with you is that well i'll either be really easy to face or i'll be hard but that that we'll just have to see that in battle kind of thing so like he's just got a pretty measured approach to things and i'm like i can appreciate that um uh but yeah so i i mean the gyms themselves the the puzzles are not terrible they're okay The gym leaders themselves are also okay, Um, but before I can expand on that point more, um, I need to talk about the Elite Four and the champion. So um, we got Malva, who specializes in fire types, Seabold, who specializes in water types, Wickstrom, who specializes in steel types, Drasna, who specializes in dragon types. Malva is a member of, of the villain team of this game, and she's also a news reporter. She's a busy lady. Sia Bold is like a cook, so he uses like uh, cooking motifs or metaphors or something when he when you talk to him and stuff. So that's cool, I guess. Um, I will say actually the chambers that all of. Each, like each respective Elite Four members located in is really cool, because much like Generation Five, you can face these Elite Four members in any order. You don't have to face them in the order of Malva, Seabold, Wickstrom, and Trasna. So I'm like, I can actually really appreciate it, uh, appreciate that about these gym desi- gym Elite Four member chamber designs. That was a very winded, like, long-winded se- statement, but we got there eventually. So Seabold's really cool. His chamber's really cool. Then Wickstrom is like a knight. Um, He's a knight motif. You get swords in his chamber type of thing. He's he's alright. And then Drasna, I believe there's something about her family migrating from Holland to come to Kalos. Might be wrong, but she I think there's something about her coming from a different region and then settling in Kalos. And she's kind of like the like a Wickstrom's like older. Seabolt's like I want to say like mid to late twenties, maybe early thirties type of character. Wickstrom feels a little older. Drasna is the most senior of the Elite Four members, and she's just kind of smiley and calm and peaceful. And I like that that kind of contrasts the typing she used, because dragons are intense, you know? Um, but Drasna's, Drasna's alright. Um, I just, because, um, I wouldn't say that they're like super, 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 super easy, but so long as you have, like, your levels are really high and your Pokemon are strong enough, these Elite Four members are just not hard. They're not, they're just not difficult. uh so that's like like they feel a little underwhelming for that reason and then the champion her name is D- uh diantha 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 and she's supposed to be like a fashion model or something she uses various uh types of pokemon um but you know it's just it's just a rat like overall this is a rather uninspiring pokemon league it's just kind of sad um you know it's kind of also doubly sad <laughs> um that this game has really high stakes when it comes to this legendary Pokemon, so it's like it really only makes sense for the storyline of Pokemon Y, though, because that's the one that has the destruction Pokemon as its legendary. Pokemon X has the life Pokemon, the life-giving Pokemon, not the life-taking Pokemon. The life-taking one is in Pokemon Y, so the storyline really only makes sense for Pokemon Y, but basically the stakes are is that waking up this Pokemon will activate this, like, super weapon that's been hidden underground for some 3000 years and it'll it'll activate and like destroy the planet kind of thing and the gym leaders are not doing anything. They're just chilling in their respective cities. And it's like you'd think they'd want to do something about about that whole situation, right? I mean, okay, Malva's part of the villain team. She's part of team Flare, so what does she care? This is what she wants because this is what her like syndicate she's a part of this is what they're trying to accomplish so she could care less okay sure but what about everyone else no one's saying anything else no one's doing anything else like come on oh well they're not terrible games that's the other thing is that i i will say that these trainers are not very memorable nor do they have much to offer as characters because they're just so severely underdeveloped it's just that like I don't know, it's just uh, words. They could have been explored more. They could have, you, we could have done something else. Diantha could have had more appearances and that would have made her automatically more like uh, interesting or more memorable. Um, you know, you, you give Viola a sister, but then you don't really see Viola ever again after beating her in the gym, like that type of stuff. Like, Karina is a slightly more pronounced role, so that's okay but then everyone else is just there. like they're just there and they're not really doing anything. So, um the reason is with like the I guess my nostalgia justification for the previous um elite four members that aren't doing anything when the stakes are high is that at least they work in a way where it's like they compensate for cuz that's the key for me is that if they're lacking in one capacity, if they make up for it in another capacity, then they will ultimately still be better than uh, a different trainer that isn't making up in either capacity. So, if Seabold is not very memorable and is an underwhelming Water-type Elite Four member, um, uh, then someone like Glacia wins over him because she uses a Wall Rain, which is a Water-Ice Pokémon, so it, she's also technically using Water-types, but it's like her her battle will be much harder than some of the Pokémon he has. And to be fair, not all of these Pokemon that they have for each Elite Four member are complete pushovers. It's not that it's an easy, easy battle. It's just that if you can cover your bases well enough, you're good. But with someone like Bruno or Karen or Rimsley, even Caitlyn. Like, there's other Elite Four members I can think of from previous games where not covering your bases or not having high enough levels still doesn't, like, even if you have higher levels, or even if you have good coverage, you can still have trouble with these trainers. But I find that with these Elite Four members, if you get high enough levels and you get your coverage down, you're good. They are just not hard. Um, And Diantha's the same. Like, almost all of her Pokemon are of Walkthrough Park, except for her Ace, which is a Mega Gardevoir. Um, but that's also manageable if you have the correct Pokemon to take it down. If you have a poison type, or you have a, what well, a steel type, even fire, like, you can manage, you know? So, it's just, it just is what it is. It's a real shame, because they're not terrible games. They're not terrible games. Um, but, um... And, and, and to be fair, because Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did appear in the same generation, that game did better in being a 3D game and um, integrating Mega Evolution, because there's a lot of Hoenn Pokemon that got Mega Evolutions, and that was really cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Has its, um has its pluses, you know, especially in the Mega Evolution department. But X and Y. It is what it is. It's not it's not terrible. I just wish I just kind of expect more from this Pokemon League, you know, but we're done here. We're done with the new era. Um, We're done with the new era uh, uh, Pokemon core series games in those generations. So we are now going to move on to the final two generations that are up for discussion type of thing. Let's get into that.